Welcome to the Free Flow Football Podcast. On today's episode, Nick and I discuss the Champions League matches from the midweek, including Manchester United versus PSG, Ajax versus Real Madrid, Dortmund versus Spurs, and Porto versus Roma. And we also touch on VAR. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Free Flow Football Podcast. I'm Ahith Kamaj, and today we're going to be going over the four matches from the Champions League midweek, which was Manchester United versus PSG, Real Madrid versus Ajax, Spurs versus Dortmund, and Roma versus Porto. I'm joined by Nick Delaney as usual. Nick, how are you, man? I'm doing great. How are you, Mahith? Pretty good. I mean, today was a pretty eventful day in the Champions League. Um, we're going to start with Manu PSG, which went on Wednesday from the Parc de Prince with Manu down 2 0 after their home leg. And they came back to win it. Oh. I mean, PSG kind of shot themselves in the foot here. But, I mean, Manchester United, without their three starting center mids, Pogba, Matic, and Herrera, all of them out, all of them unavailable. I mean, they didn't have Martial, they didn't have Lingard. Um, I mean, Solskjaer went into this match, I think, hoping that it wouldn't get too ugly. You know, I don't, I like, as much as, you know, you have to, you know, believe in your players, blah, blah, blah. I think, I think they were heavy underdogs in this game, especially away from home with the deficit. And, you know, they managed to turn it around. I think they're the first team in Champions League history to turn around a two-leg or a two-goal deficit from the home leg and turn it around in the away leg. But, you know, it was really PSG who shot themselves in the foot and kind of embarrassed themselves in the round of 16 for a third consecutive year. I mean, just a few minutes in, it was Tilo Kara who made a horrible back pass, which allowed Romelu Lukaku to cash in pretty easily. I mean, he did well to, to get the finish, but he should never be allowed to get into that position regardless, you know, even in the first couple of minutes. Um, and then, you know, later on in the first half, it was Gianluigi Buffon who made um, an uncharacteristic mistake in fumbling Rashford's shot, which fell to Lukaku to score. I mean, these mistakes really killed PSG in this game. Yeah, they definitely did. Uh, it's They, they let um, United in right, right, right away. Two minutes mm-hmm. in, you let a goal like that come. They didn't even fight for that goal. It was just a horrible back pass that Lukaku pounced on. Unacceptable. I mean, that that shows why PSG has just been considered the the stomping grounds of France, but the disappointment in the Champions League. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just utter ridiculousness. This is the second time they fumbled <laughs> a huge, like a, a very good chance of going through, mm-hmm. and they failed flat on their face like a kid trying to ride a bike for the first time yeah i mean back in that you know when they somehow gave up that 4-0 lead in 2016-17 to barcelona you know still got the away goal and still lost um a lot of people blame that on unai emery you know i mean i mean like we did too i mean he was you know a manager who had never experienced um the top levels of the champions league and they failed there and then they brought in tuchel this last summer, who was supposed to be the man to change everything. And in the group stage and in the first match here of this tie, we thought, okay, they're playing a lot better now. They look a lot better set up for success than they did under Emery. But then they went and did, you know, they did the same thing again. And 
I think it's quite ridiculous that they spent, you know, hundreds of millions of, of pounds of euros, whatever you use, it's still hundreds of millions in the last few years on players. But then they hired managers who have never, you know, experienced winning the Champions League when that is the, the main goal of this PSG side. Do you want to know how much they've actually spent since Qatar- the Qataris have taken over that uh, team? I might pass out, but sure. <laughs> 937 million. Oh my god. And no no semifinal appearances in the Champions League, let alone, no, you know, no, no. Challenging whatsoever. I mean, it's ridiculous. That is I mean, why not just go and hire a manager who at least has has gotten far in the Champions League or at least has success with another big club rather than, you know, Una Emery, Thomas Tuchel who are are good managers but not the elite level Champions League winning managers, you know, clearly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just show, goes to show you could have tons of players that are phenomenally talented, and if you have coaches who don't make the right subs or don't adjust the way that you need to adjust in a big game, it can really, uh, it can really ruin the performance your team puts in. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, I don't think Tuchel really fumbled this game. Mm-hmm. I think it was uh, Buffon and uh, I have to try and pronounce his name. Kier. Yeah, yeah. Tio Um, I believe that they were the ones who made the the crucial mistakes, and then Kim mm-hmm. Pepe also made a mistake, not on the same level, but he made a a poor choice of jumping, turning his back, and having his um arms out instead of kind of facing the ball, jumping like they usually do in the wall. You know how they have it mm-hmm. like one one hand on their crotch area and one near their face instead of like that. Yeah, but, I mean. PSG again, they strike again. Yeah. Utterly shocking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, going back to Buffon, I mean, many people expected him to retire after last year's Champions League campaign. I mean, if you remember, he they sort of gave away a penalty, Juve, to Real Madrid in the final minute. Um, Buffon lost his cool, which I think, you know, decreased his, his image in a lot of people's minds. Um, got a red card. Man, or Real Madrid, sorry, won the game. And... You know, they, 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 everybody thought that that was his sending off in the Champions League, you know, the red card and for his career. But then, you know, he signed a contract with PSG, which surprised a lot of people, including myself. Um, but we all knew that this was his goal, you know, to win the Champions League. But now with the mistake he made today to cost them heavily and with what he did last year, I mean, I mean, is it is it the right decision to keep playing? Because it feels like it feels like he's kind of forcing it now, which never really ends well. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, I'm I'm a very big fight fan. If if people would know me personally, and it's kind of like when an old legend stays around for too long and gets mm-hmm. a couple more times, he's he's kind of ruining his legacy, in my opinion. Yeah, um, the young kids see Buffon make that huge mistake in a big match, and they think, oh, this guy's not good when he's mm-hmm. a top five, top ten greatest goalie of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it's it's. It's kind of sad to see, but yeah, I mean, it's it's his own fault. He he's obsessing over this trophy more than anything in his life. Clearly, I mean, he's he's uh, he's just he's going too far in trying to get it. In my opinion, yeah, it seems like it. I mean, he won the World Cup when he was, I think, in his late twenties. Um, he won the league before that, and you know, for. For him, you know, for the last 10 years, it's really been just about this trophy and he's never gotten it. And, you know, sometimes 
sometimes you know you just gotta gotta go with with what's written in the stars you know you can't be forcing stuff like this but uh, there is a rumor that he's going to be signing another two-year deal which i think is quite ridiculous because that's going to take him till he's 31 or 40 sorry 43 um and you know you got alfonso Ariola who's sitting on the bench who has performed really well over the past couple of years and he's being benched by a 41 year old um tilo Kara, the exact same i mean he's somehow starting over tomas munier who was great last season under Unai Emery, and, you know, I, I just think that they might have made a mistake in signing Buffon and, and trusting him so much, and Buffon himself might have made a mistake to to keep playing just for this one trophy, you know. Do you think that uh, Buffon should take a back seat and be a backup if he wants to win the Champions League? Realistically. Um, yeah. Can, they can eventually win the Champions League, in my opinion, because PSG, mm-hmm. just, they just have too much financial muscle for me not to think they can do it at one point. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they can do it with him starting in these big games anymore because he's just – it's not that he doesn't have it anymore. It's just he's not up to standards anymore. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, you know, if he wants to stick around for a couple of years as a backup, I don't really have a problem with it. It's just that, you know, PSG have given him the keys to the castle and he's kind of fumbled them, you know, in, in, the, in like literally and figuratively. He's, he's kind of fumbled it for them. Um I don't know what they're going to do about Areola because he's a good goalkeeper, but I don't think he's a Champions League caliber, you know, Champions League winning caliber level goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, so I think it is a bit of an issue. I mean, I could definitely see them sticking with Buffon for the next two years, okay. um, selling Areola and then, you know, buying a, a, a very good goalkeeper. Maybe somebody like, uh, ooh, I don't even know. Maybe, you know, Oblak, as much as it might, it might pain you to hear. I mean, they've well, got no, the money. They, they've been linked with him consistently, and I could see PSG splashing the cash for that. Guy. Exactly, yeah. And yeah. clearly, after this game, they are going to know that they've got an issue back there. They're, they're going to have to fix it. And right when they see an issue, they go, they go and tend to, you know, try and fix it in the market. But, yeah. I mean, the way this PSG team has spent money in the last year is kind of ridiculous. Especially, you know, I mean, it was $400 million combined on Neymar and Mbappe alone. Ugh. And then, you know, they they went and spent forty million on Tilo Carrer. They, you know, and then after that, they were so strapped with with FFP. You know, financial fair play kind of restricted their spending. That for left back, which is a crucial you know uh, position for them, that they needed strengthening. I mean, Yuri Berchich went there last year and he was really poor, and they needed another one this year. And you know, they didn't have enough money to spend for to get a world class one. And they went and got Juan Bernat, who you know. Uh, to give credit to him, he has performed pretty well, but he's not that you know world class left back that you think that PSG would want. And then also they needed a defensive midfielder, and since they couldn't sign one because of cash restrictions, they had to move Marquinhos into midfield for a lot of these games to play as the number six, basically. And I think that sort of um, derailed Verratti and his freedom and his ability to control games. And it's just, you know, the squad is just so unbalanced now. Yeah, it's it's a weird mishmash of uh, of players, really. You got star talent up front, an odd midfield, and a um, like a good core center back pairing with mm-hmm. some weakish fullbacks and a, a good goalies. You know, they they don't they've always had a problem with goalies. Saragu, Kevin Trapp. Ariola, mm-hmm. now Buffon, like those are good goalies. Each one that I just named in during when they've played for PSG, just not on the level that they need. You always need a mm-hmm. world class goalie to win you major trophies or or ma- big games. I mean, they have to make the saves. The routine mm-hmm. saves might not look flashy to uh, people, but 
when you see Buffon make that mistake, you you know it's just a, a huge error when, when a goalie mm-hmm. does that. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, they just, you know, I feel like they've just spent way too much on on players that, you know, increase their pedigree in world football, guys like Mbappe and Neymar, but they haven't done enough at the back. I mean, PSG are so frustrating. I mean, I was saying this on Twitter. They feel more like some sort of, like, hype beast, like, trap trap house club than like an actual football club like you know they're they're wearing jordans they're they're signing all these players who have flashy instagrams and stuff like that but you know they're not performing on the pitch and i I don't know i mean their their owners and stuff seem very nonchalant i mean they're not they're not football guys they just give them the cash and do whatever you want with it they've hired you know some real uh weak characters as managers you know Nobody really with personality. I, I don't think Unai Emery or Thomas Tuchel have personality, have kind of, you know, the, the presence to take control of a dressing room. And their players are just, um, you know, I don't really know how to explain it. I mean, guys like guys like Neymar, Mbappe, you know, I mean, they're great players, but I feel like they lack a bit of concentration at sometimes, you know. I mean, yeah. I mean I'm for, for Mbappe, you know, he's young, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, for Neymar, though, you know, he's he's a very flashy, bling-bling kind of player and... I mean, obviously, it's not working for them the way they've gone the last few years with their money. Yeah, I mean, Neymar also is always hurt for these big round of 16 second legs yeah. in the second year in a row where he's been off injured again. Yeah. Um, I want to go back to PSG in PSG's history a little bit with Laurent Blanc, who I felt mm-hmm. was unrightfully fired for making it to the quarterfinals and winning the domestic treble. Um, yeah. Do you think that a, a coach like that, who has a pedigree, I think in any French French team's locker room, because how good he was at one point in his career, yeah. Do you think they made a mistake by firing that man? I really like Laurent Blanc. Actually, um, I think he is a manager who um is not doesn't like you know just have the brains for the game like Thomas Tuchel, but also as you mentioned the personality side of it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that pedigree, like you mentioned, oh man, I, I I really liked him, and I'm surprised he hasn't gotten a bigger job since then because I do believe he is a good manager. Um, but you know, a manager who is um, is out of work right now that fits that same description is Arsene Wenger, mm. who has been linked with PSG, not the managerial job. I mean, I think it's been more of like a director of football kind of thing, but I mean. You know, if that's the sort of character that they need to get this team going, I mean, I don't see why not. I mean, maybe Jose Mourinho as well is available. I mean, these are guys that are going to come into the dressing room and and immediately demand respect, and they're going to get it as well. Yeah, I don't think uh, Mourinho and Neymar would honestly work well in the dressing room. I don't. I yeah, don't, but I don't maybe per- Neymar needs somebody like that, you know, or yeah. or the characters like that. They're going to need. Something like that to, I mean, because because if, if you, yeah, I mean, if you want Neymar running the team, then you're not going to be successful, right? Somebody's got to come in and, you know, put him in his place, kind of. He, I mean, he's, he's not Kepa, he's not the manager of the team. Yeah. He's got to, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't like the way Neymar has sort of um, gained power at PSG over the past couple of years. I mean, um, when Emery was in charge, he kind of, you know, turned the squad against him and, and had some feuds with him in the press and stuff like that. And I don't think that's really what you'd want in your star player, you know. I'd prefer somebody who is hardworking and, and you know, just allows the manager to do his work and, and listens to the manager as well. Always. So, always. Yeah. You'd ra- I'd rather take a, a, a player who's not as talented but who has a better mindset every, every mm-hmm. day over a, a fully talented player with a terrible attitude who doesn't want to listen at all. 
Yeah, and I mean, for Neymar, um, at Barcelona, he was fine. I mean, because he wasn't top dog there, right? Messi yeah. is. Even Suarez was at the time. Yeah. But then he's moved to this PSG team where they've hired, you know, weak managers, and he's obviously the top dog. So, I mean, I think it might take a, a manager with pedigree, with history, with class to put him in his place, kind of, and, and get him rolling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean... PSG's had some big personalities over the past couple of years as their stars. Ibrahimovic was the first, and now Neymar. Mm-hmm. Um, they've stumbled over their over themselves each time, and uh, they're not learning from their mistakes. Is the main thing, in my opinion. They just don't mm-hmm. they don't see what they're doing wrong. They don't see that they they desperately need a great goalie. They don't see that they need really good fullbacks, and they're going to need to replace Thiago Silva at one point or another. Yeah, uh, whether that be put Marquinhos back at center back where he deserves to be with Kimpepe, mm-hmm. or get a new signing. I, I mean, it just they have so much talent and they just can't put it together. And they they feel to me, Mahit, like mm-hmm. a like a, a, a FIFA ultimate team. <laughs> like like yeah. a twelve year old just got his dad's credit card, put a thousand dollar on it. Thousands of dollars on it, spent it on packs, got all the best players, but just still can't win. Yeah, it's like it's like uh he he got like a front three of uh, Neymar, Ronaldo, and Messi, who are all you know ninety plus rated, but wouldn't have any chemistry with each other. Yeah, you know, like it's all like red links. Yeah, yeah, that that's a it's a it's a great it's a great actually it's a it's a great uh, what do you call it analogy. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. I was gonna say algorithm. <laughs> no, but yeah, I'm I mean, a genius, Mahith, not that much. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, speaking of managers, I mean, we got to talk about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, who is, you know, I mean, outperforming all expectations in the past few months. He's making us look bad. He's making yeah, us because well, not just us. I mean, most people, most people who have have discussed his appointment back in in December said that, you know, he's not going to become the the full-time manager. There's no chance. And now there's no chance that he isn't going to become full-time manager because he's, he's crawled his team back into the top four race in the Premier League. I think they're sitting in fourth right now. They are. They are. They're three points back at Spurs. Yeah. Um, It's still, you know, a tight race and they might not get it at the end, but you know, the fact that, you know, it, it went from, from hopeless to a very good possibility is, is credit to him and the fact that this PSG tie has gone from hopeless to a victory yeah. is also credit to him, especially with the, the issues in his squad with injuries and bans that he's had to face here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I always do like when a, a player, a former player of a legendary club is hired. It just, mm-hmm. they seem to get the locker room's respect immediately, which yeah. seems to be a, a, a huge, huge uh, deal in the world of football, especially more mm-hmm. than any other sport I've seen, um, and and they just get they get some results sometimes that are even questionable. Like I don't I don't necessarily think that that Schulzier won this game, but I think he managed it very well. I mean, mm-hmm. you got to remember looking. I'm looking at their starting XI right now. Mahith, they have mm-hmm. Pereira on the left mid, Fred as their center mid, McTominay. Mm-hmm as their other center mid, Ashley Young as their right mid to start with. And then they have yeah. Luke Shaw, Lindelof, Smalling, Eric Bailly as right back, who was the main yeah. reason that they conceded that, that goal against PSG. Mm-hmm. Exactly. He didn't, he didn't track uh, Bernat at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lukaku and Rashford's a good 
good striking pairing, and De Gea yeah. is obviously going to be starting there. But I mean, he 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 made he made the squad win a tie by scoring three goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a credit to him, definitely. You know, maybe he's he, he's proven us wrong for sure. I mean, and yeah. I and I kind of do hope he gets the job because he seems like a good man. He seems like a good. Uh, yeah, he seems like a good personality in that mm-hmm. dressing room that is just in desperate need of of something when Mourinho was there, and he's given it to them. Yeah, I mean, he's the complete opposite of Mourinho. I mean, he's always got a smile on his face, um, always, you know, uh, defending his players, whereas Mourinho is constantly blaming his players, and, you know, just... He's not he's not quite a particularly pleasant character, you know, Josie Mourinho, as, as good as his career has been. I mean, Schultz-Jire has, you know, he... he he sort of sets the example for, for the team and all the fans and just the club in general, and I think he's been great. Um, what I want to mention is, uh, as you mentioned, you know, Eric Bailly had a horrible game. Um, he, he caused the first goal, like you said. He played Mbappe onside, and he didn't track Bernat's run. But, you know, in the first half, he got subbed off. <laughs> because, yeah. I mean, because Solskjaer realized, okay, this is not working. And, you know, he realizes the, the magnitude of the tie. He yeah. realizes that if my he, if I make this change, then you know we could make a difference. I mean, I'm like he he saw something that wasn't working, and he had the the balls to go and change it right away. I mean, regardless of how bad he felt about it, um, he took out he took out that that you know threat to themselves with playing him in that position because he really didn't have the awareness or you know the the, the positional sense to play there because obviously that's he's not a natural right back. Yeah, but I mean he he had the balls to make the change. He made the change. It worked out for them since they were a lot more um, defensively solid after that change. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, th- I felt they, they were a little bit shaky with Bailly at that position. And, you know, I, I, it's a real credit to him that he, you know, had the, I mean, he, he was just able to make that change and recognize the, the difference that it would have made. And, you know, he executed it to perfection. Yeah, I definitely didn't uh, make that a point that I should have. So thank you for pointing that out. I mean, that takes... It's always a bad I, bad news bears for a player mm-hmm. when they get subbed out in the first half with no injury involved. Yeah. It just it just tells them that you had a terrible game. You're going to hurt us more than you're going to help us. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to go. And I'm sure yeah. Schultzeyer is not even blaming Bailly at all for his performance. I'm sure he's blaming mm-hmm. himself exactly. in the locker room because he put him in that position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's a it's a credit to him that he realized his mistake and and got him out so early. Because, yeah. You know, you never know. I mean, Bernat had another chance after he scored the goal too. Because mm-hmm. Bailly is just it, he went too much in the middle when when the ball was on the other side. Yeah. And I mean, uh, yeah, I don't. I think uh, I think United is going to be a, a pretty hard test for any other club that gets them in the Champions League. Yeah, they, I, they I, seem to be just like on a little bit of a tear right now. Even though I didn't pick them to make uh, top four, I think they're going to be troubling in ties like this. Yeah, um, especially with their full strength midfield back and with Marcy on them back. Um, you know, a, a player who really struggled under Mourinho was Romelu Lukaku. He was even, you know, he's he's been benched in the past couple of months for Rashford. He's been playing more of a super sub role, but in these last three games, he has a brace in each of them. Each each of them, I mean. Three consecutive braces, six goals in three games. Um, I mean, 
he has gotten his career right back on track, you know, where, where a lot of people thought that he was, you know, losing it and that he peaked early and stuff like that. But, I mean, these last few games, the goals he scored, he scored the winner in all three, actually, um, with the one against Southampton being late on and the other two being sort of in the middle of the game. I mean, is he is he back now? I mean, are you expecting him to keep up this form? I don't know if I'm expecting him to keep up braces every game he plays. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think Lukaku has ever been a player that you can ever sleep on just because of yeah. how good he's been when he's so young. I mean, I'm looking at his numbers right now. In 2009-2010, which is t- about 10 years ago, he was 15-16, and he was scoring, let me get this right, 15 goals for Anderlecht. I mean, he's he's been a consistent scorer his whole career. He has mm-hmm. He's 25 years old, Nahid. 405 mm-hmm. appearances, 186 goals. Yeah, that is you very impressive. Just, you just can't you can't make those players sometimes. He just has to yeah. have them. And I think he's already Belgium's top scorer. Yeah. Seventy nine appearances, forty five goals. Yeah. I mean that's I've so never, impressive. I don't think I can ever doubt him. You know, his technical ability may not be the greatest. It might yeah. It 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 isn't. Just flat out mm-hmm. it isn't. But you know, he's so physically gifted and he's He's a workhorse too, and I think he has a mm-hmm. good attitude as well. He doesn't seem to be a a, a, a moron at all. I haven't <laughs> heard much uh, problems with him on the pitch, off the pitch, or yeah. anywhere. He is a good player, and I I like him. I I would want him on my club for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. who wouldn't? Yeah. Also, uh, I want to mention he's also already one of the top twenty scorers in Premier League history. Oh my god! Uh, which is ahead of Drogba, Adebayor, oh. Van Nistelrooy, Torres, Bergkamp, Solskjaer himself, Berbatov, Letizia, Darren Bent, Peter Crouch. I mean, legends of English football. He's already surpassed them. Um, he's tied with Ian Wright right now, who's Arsenal's second all-time top scorer. He's about to overtake Gerard York, Anelka, Keane, Hasselbank by you know the end of the season, maybe. So I mean, he is. He has always been great, as you mentioned. And I think a lot of people unfairly doubted him early in the season. I mean, this is a guy who is world-class on his day. Oh, yeah. um, the only issue was that he wasn't, it wasn't his day often enough in the first half of the season. But, uh, you know, he showed glimpses of it last year. He was a lot better last year than he has been this year overall. Um, and, you know, he was amazing at Everton. And I really hope he sort of kicks on from here because he's, he still has so much time. I mean, he's not even technically in the prime of his career yet. Yeah, but uh, he's already you know achieved so much, and I really do hope he can keep up the form. Um, and I'm glad that Solskjaer has kind of put some confidence into him because I think that's what he was really lacking under Mourinho. You know, just some confidence. Definitely, I think I don't think he's a, a super flashy kind of player. So when when a when a coach like Mourinho kind of puts him down a bit and gives him tough love, I think he he shies away from from it kind of. Um, yeah, I mean. Yeah, the big the big man is has never left in my opinion. Uh, mm-hmm. I know, like people have short memories. Twitter yeah. makes people have short memories because you see yeah. a consistent <laughs> amount of fails. You see a lot of people ridiculing players, it, even mm-hmm. if they have a ten out of ten performance. I bet we could find fifty people who are dissing Tadic right now for having a bad <laughs> game somehow. Yeah, but mm-hmm. but this new age is is it it makes there's so much information that it makes people forget that what what people 
accomplish. I mean, he's so he he's so good at his age. Mm-hmm. It's just it's un it's unworldly. And I mean, I I don't think I think him being born in Belgium gives him a a very good start because of the fact that it's not a country that has been known super well for football other than the past 10 12 years Mm -hmm. i think that gave him a real good chance of of starting making pro debuts you know all this kind of stuff he made his international debut at 17 yeah 17 17 that's Mm -hmm. insane so i mean yeah big rom is 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 a great player I, i like him a lot and i hope he does well yeah me as well all right, so we can go on to Real Madrid versus Ajax now, um, which went on Tuesday. Real Madrid held the 2-1 advantage going into their home leg. Um, Ajax, again, were given no chance, just like Manchester United were, but they came out the gates firing. Um, they dominated the midfield. They were amazing in transition, and they beat Real Madrid, the three-time you know, consecutive Champions League winner, 4-1 to one in their own backyard. I mean... This was a performance of a lifetime for a lot of these Ajax players. And I think it was a shock to the entire footballing world that this happened. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, we weren't as surprised as maybe we would have been last year, the year before, seeing as how poor Real Madrid have been playing this year, you know, on and off. And, you know, getting battered by Barcelona um, quite a few times now. Um, They're obviously not as good as they were with Ronaldo and Zidane. Um, They lost Zidane and they hired, you know, Lopetegui, who... Um, was really poor. They sacked him. They they hired Solari, who has been okay. But again, yeah. you know, failing in this kind of tie is, is unforgivable, and he's not going to keep his job for sure past not, the end of the season at no, least. No, not at all. But, I mean, they lost a manager who had led them to three three straight Champions Leagues, and they try and go the same route. I mean, they, they had, Solari and Lopetegui had played for Real Madrid in their careers, and they seem to be trying to stick to this sort of mold, and it hasn't really worked. Yeah. Uh, whatsoever, really. And, you know, the players are, are, you know, not the team, I mean, is not performing as well as, as it was last year, the year before, the year before that. They lost their leader or their scoring leader, at least, in Ronaldo, the leader on the front foot. And they never replaced his output. Um, then Ramos missed this game because of his idiotic oh, that, yellow that. card incident that uh-huh. uh, showed a lot of complacency. And, and he was just so smug about it. And he's obviously come to regret that now. But Tadic was the standout player in this game. And it's so strange seeing as he's 30. He spent a lot of years in, um, uh, not a lot of years, but a few years at Southampton where he was, you know, a mid-table, low-table Premier League team that he was, you know, a, a main player at, but still, you know, he if he didn't move from Southampton to Ajax, who, you know, to be honest, are clubs at a very similar financial level. Mm-hmm. I mean, Southampton make a lot of money from their Premier League stuff and they can pay players just as much as Ajax can, if not way more. So, yeah. I mean, has he, like... Ajax and and Southampton are pretty similar clubs in terms yeah. of their their finances and stuff like that. So for Tadic to make the move to Ajax wasn't a huge jump in terms of you know the quality of players he was going to be playing with, but to to be at this club now that's playing in the Champions League, um, that's you know close to the top of the air division. They're not going to win it this year, but I mean, he was unbelievable in this game, and it was beyond belief. I mean, he. he he channeled his inner Zidane almost. Yeah, he did. He spun Casemiro around the world <laughs> and then made a world-class pass to yeah. the left wing and and got a great goal or a great assist out of that. I mean, he had a 10 out of 10 performance. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Easily. 
I mean, he scored a goal. He assisted the goal. He's the I've, – I've always liked Tadic. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, this is another level of of performance, especially on the big stage. I mean, yeah. this, this is what shows why players should aspire to play for teams like Porto and Benfica and Ajax and PSV over clubs like Southampton and yeah. Crystal Palace. You know, money buys a lot of things, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, But it doesn't give you the glory of winning mm-hmm. and progressing and competing in these high-stakes games. Yeah. Look, nobody's expecting Ajax to win the Champions League. Yeah. No, but beating Real Madrid, ending their three-year reign as European champions, is just it's, mm-hmm. it's something to aspire to as other yeah. teams. I mean, that's just a great, great, great accomplishment. That's probably their biggest accomplishment in about a couple years for sure, up there with the league titles that they've won. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it in my mind. It, there's not there's not going to be another pu- a huge publicized thing that Ajax does in a, wh- a long while for, compared mm-hmm. to this. Yeah, especially since they're going to lose quite a few of these players in the summer. I'm going to assume. I mean, De Jong is already on his way out. De Ligt is going to get a lot of interest. So are guys like Zayek and um, Donny Van de Beek, uh, Andre Onana, and that. Tagliafico has been linked to a lot of good clubs. I mean, this team isn't going to stay together past this season, so it's really amazing that they've managed to do this. I mean, the man leading them is hardly a man. He's only 19. And, you know, he put in a dominant display against one of the best center forwards of our generation, if not the best, in Karim Benzema. And, you know, I mean, for Matthias Delic to do this, I mean, he, he, he was great against Bayern in both, both matches in the group stage as well. He was captain then as well. I mean... It's unbelievable how good this guy is at this age, especially in such a demanding position physically and mentally and technically. I mean, a center back at 19 years old, captaining his team to a win at the Bernabeu, a dominant win at the Bernabeu. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Yeah, a comeback win too, I might add. Mm-hmm. 2-1 down and they and they completely, they starched them. Like, yeah. This, this isn't even, this wasn't even close of a yeah. game. Madrid looked dead after that, that third goal from Tadic, even the second goal, they were done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's younger than us, both of us. We're both <laughs> yeah. 20 years old, and this yeah. dude is bawling, like absolutely yeah. dripping in sauce as a yeah. center back. He's, he's, <laughs> he's unbelievable. I mean, I'm a big fan already. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how he's – physically, I can understand it because, you know, he's becoming a young man, mm-hmm. but mentally – yeah, just, a captaining a team to a, a, an accomplishment like this, being able to channel yourself, not show a huge amount of emotion until after the game, not cracking under the pressure, mm-hmm. not making stupid mistakes. I mean, yeah. it's, it it shows a credit to one the coaching staff that they have at at Ajax um, Amsterdam. I mean, just a fantastic youth club, as everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Best, best youth club in my opinion definitely reestablished after De Jong and De Ligt's years yeah and now I mean I, I, they're a scary team I don't know if mm-hmm. anybody wants to play them in the next round and and I'm being serious on that because they look yeah. like they're just the young kids on the block that just they just want to scrap they want to go in and, and get it every yeah time. it's like they have no fear really you know I no mean, fear yeah uh, one of the players who obviously has been a standout for them is uh, Frankie de Jong, who is already confirmed to be moving to Barcelona in the summer. Um, he came up against probably 
two of the greatest midfielders of this generation, Modric and Kroos. And, you know, Kroos had his worst game in a long, long, long time. I mean, he was awful. Um, Casemiro was also awful. Modric was okay, especially in the first half. He was quite good. But as the game went on, I mean, Modric was interested to sort of man-mark Frankie de Jong, which I think is a real testament to how good they, or how highly they think of him already. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it worked for a bit. And as the game went on, Frankie kept kept evading him, kept sort of leaving him in the dust. And, you know, a lot of people have said that this is sort of a changing of the guard. You know, I mean, Modric and Kroos have been, you know, underwhelming this year, um, especially with Modric winning the Ballon d'Or and to, to sort of be in the form that he's in, 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 you know, in poor form that he's in um, and at his age as well. A lot of people have said that this is a changing of the guard because Frankie de Jong is the next great midfielder of our generation, most likely. And, you know, he's gone here as an, a future Barcelona player against his future rivals. Yeah. And boss the best midfielders of the generation before him. I mean, do you agree with that? And there's a changing of a guard? I don't think immediately, mm-hmm. but I see it coming. I see it coming for sure. I think I think this is one great game that he's played. And I don't yeah. want to undermine the performance, but I don't want to over hype it. Per, mm-hmm. just, it's just my opinion on, on what it is. I think, I think he's he's gonna have to. It'll be take a little bit of time for him to get into Barcelona. It could even be half a year or a year. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's that much of a demanding club, and La Liga is that much superior to Eredivisie. Yeah. Um, but I mean, eventually, I think I could see him being a top three player of of his generation. Oh yeah. As a midfielder, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And I think. I think Modric's time at the top. I think it's it will still happen for about a year or so, but I think afterwards, then you'll see a real decline, and he'll probably move to another club at one point. Um, yeah, Cruz probably had the worst game I've ever seen him have. Yeah, it, like that was deflating, and same with Casemiro. I was shocked how bad he was. Yeah, he, he looked like he was a a youth player. Yeah, <laughs> and that's uh, I mean. Uh, and I, I do like Casemiro. I, I think he's always been one of the most underappreciated players of the past five years, especially. And that midfield three has been just phenomenal in big games. But, yeah, they came up short big time this time. Yeah. Um, another player, Hakeem Zayek, also performed really well. And a lot of people have said, you know, it's a miracle that this guy is still at Ajax because he is, you know, in his mid-20s. He has been good for quite a while now. But, you know, he never earned a move to a big club. And, and seeing this guy play in the Champions League, I mean, it has been, you know, really shone a light on him to a lot of fans that, you know, maybe didn't weren't aware of him before this. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I was saying to you before that, you know, he could be starting for a club like Arsenal, Milan, Napoli. And, and you know, I mean, I, I, have, I have no doubts about that. I think he would be a, a great player for those clubs. And uh, I think he would be a star player as well. I mean, so, I mean, how has this guy not left Ajax. I mean, he he's clearly a great player. I mean, yeah, I definitely like the way he plays, and I think may, maybe he feels at home. Like, he's he is born in the Netherlands, even though yeah. he represents Morocco um, internationally. Um, yeah. But I think I think at one point he'll, he'll get a move. He's only 25, to be mm-hmm. fair to him. But, yeah. Um, yeah, he's an electric player. It's also his best season this year. Um, yeah. He's had 35 appearances and 18 goals, so mm-hmm. it's a it's a very big thing for him. 
stepping up at the moment right now. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure he'll get a move this year. To yeah. a club of that level that you just described, Arsenal, um, Napoli, Milan, I could feel like a, a Sevilla or maybe a, a Valencia would want to pick him up. Mm-hmm. And and definitely maybe a like a, a Dortmund probably as well. I could I could feel. Oh yeah, that. he was linked to Dortmund in January actually. Yeah, so there you go. I mean, he he's a he's one of those electric players that attacking football teams definitely like, and also even defensive football because they they got to have those explosive players who, who yeah exactly. Plays. So he he fits into all all yeah. types. Yeah, his, his yeah his defensive contributions really impressed me, especially yesterday. I mean, he was tracking back really well. Um, his best position is is on the right flank, but I mean, he was you know he looks like one of those flary you know luxury kind of players that guys like uh, Ben Arfa and you know players like that just that have, that have that high technical quality but don't really have the you know work the, ethic. The, the yeah the work ethic to 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 you know make it to the top. But I think he definitely has that. Um, as I saw yesterday, and I'm I'm really impressed by his play this year in the Champions League and in the Eredivisie, and I really do hope he gets his move. Yeah. All right, so, I mean, we talked about Ajax, but the main thing here is Real Madrid, and they've come up short in the Champions League for the first time in a long time. Um, I mean, they've lost Ronaldo, as I mentioned earlier, and they got it completely wrong today. And And honestly, they've gotten it wrong all season. Yeah. I mean, they, they've they've fallen, but they fell behind early uh, under Lopetegui in, in La Liga. They kind of came back in the first few months under Solari, but you know, I think Barcelona's out of reach now. They got knocked out of the Copa del Rey. They're knocked out of the Champions League. Their season is over. But I mean, in this game and in the context of the whole season, where did it go wrong? I don't even know, really. I think the players really let let the whole uh, club down. If I'm going to be honest. I think um, I think Bale's been the biggest disappointment I've ever seen in terms of a player. Maybe not I've ever seen, but in this season for sure, I expected way more than him consistently being on the bench. I mean, Lucas mm-hmm. Vasquez started over him. Lucas Vasquez. Yeah. And I like Lucas Vasquez. He's not a mm-hmm. bad player. He's okay. He he does his work well, and he you know he doesn't really make huge mistakes. But he has no quality compared to Bale in my. Not yeah. even close, and he's yeah. starting over him against Ajax in a big game. Uh, uh-huh. They trusted an eighteen-year-old player, who's a phenom, to guide them to trophies, which, in my, you just can't do. Yeah, there's no, there's no way he could propel you to those levels on his mm-hmm. first season. Even though he looks, like I said, he looks like a phenom, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, the midfield is a, just a massive disappointment. They upgraded on a goalie that they didn't need to upgrade on. Keylor yeah. Navas is a top 10 goalie right now, even on the mm-hmm. bench. And they yeah. decided to get Courtois for no apparent reason. Mm-hmm. Where is the logic in, in that? I don't understand it. Keylor yeah. might have made a mistake or two. So what? He, he, he's won three Champions Leagues. Mm-hmm. What else is, does he need to do? Um, I think I think the hiring of Lopetegui just just fell so flat on its face. It, it killed the season. Uh, their bench isn't what it used to be like anymore. Their starting players like Valverde. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's okay, but he's not he's not Real Madrid quality. They don't yeah. 
they need better players than that. Um, some players who originally were thought to have real promise, like Asensio, you know, it's definitely cooled off. They, yeah. The, the, the hype is not as big as it once was. Mm-hmm. And Benz is a player that I've always felt is hugely disrespected, but he can't, he can't fully pull them out of the fire as yeah. well. Um, losing Ronaldo and, and Zidane as well is a big, big loss. And in this game in particular, Sergio Ramos, my God. If there's one one mistake that that dude's make is just being an arrogant idiot. I mean, yeah. how could you undermine a club with, with players like Ajax? Exactly, yeah. Thinking that this would be a walk in a park, even if he didn't get a second ban, because he's, he's not going to be able to play the first game of their next Champions League campaign. Yeah. Um, and you know that that's just it's, it's just this it's a stupid thing, and I think Perez, who I I definitely have a huge criticism for because all he does is really spend massive amounts of money and and treats hmm. players like garbage. Yeah, Ronaldo is is the biggest fatality, but personally, I've always felt that Iker Casillas was always the worst one, just of how terrible he was treated going out of the club. And, you know, now he's just, it's blown up in his face. And it's, it's these players, it's the manager, it's the whole, the club is rotten to the core. And this is their worst week because they lost, (laughs) they lost the El Clasico in the Copa del Rey, three, nothing at home. They lost one, nothing in the La Liga, in the El Clasico to Barcelona again, and at home as well. And then they just lost. 4-1 4-1 to Ajax in the Champions League to go out on a three-year reign at mm-hmm. home. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so frustrating that this team has sort of collapsed this year. Um, Isco didn't even make the matchday squad. And, you know, the whole match, Real Madrid are sort of missing a presence between the lines. I mean, and, and Isco is one of the best in the world at getting into those positions. So I really don't understand why he's being left out or how he's being left out since he is the sort of character that they kind of need. And, you know, I mean, to trust Vinicius in that left-wing position, as you said, a great player, but he's not going to get you the production that Ronaldo brought. And the drop-off in quality between Ronaldo last year and the years before that to Vinicius right now is just is, is just monumental, and it's made a huge difference to this team. And, you know, I think they're just getting a bit stale. And the Ramos thing is just the most frustrating thing ever. I mean, it was just it's such a cocky move, such a such a complacent move that he made in that first leg to get the yellow card intentionally so he wouldn't have that liability in the next round. I mean, I think it was disrespectful disrespectful to Ajax, and they kind of completely shut him up and completely proved him wrong in this in this game, in this performance. And, I mean, I'm proud of Ajax for the way they, they played in this game and the way they overcame adversity and overcame that deficit. But, I mean, Real Madrid just shot themselves in the foot all season with these terrible hires as managers. I mean... These guys are amateur managers, basically. I mean, Solari is managing the B team before this. And just because he plays for Real Madrid, just because he maybe has that DNA in him, it does not mean he's going to be successful. And they saw that with him and with uh, Lopetegui, who also had managed the B team and played for Real Madrid. I mean, it's just uh, they planned the season awfully. And Perez um, has a lot to answer for, for not signing a Ronaldo replacement. I mean, it's, it's, it's simple, really. I mean, you lose 50 goals a year. And you replace it with with what like five goals a year from Vinicius, it's 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 really it's, I mean it's it's a simple equation that he just ignored, 
I mean, he didn't he didn't loosen the purse strings. Well, he kind of did, but you know, on guys like Vinicius, Rodrigo, and and Mariano, who are not Ronaldo level, even with all three of them combined. So, I mean, it it really was a pathetic summer from them. Um, it's been a pathetic season, and I I don't know how they're going to fix it. I mean, they've got to make a big splash this summer to sort of win the fans back and get people excited about them again and to even give them a chance at the Champions League next year. Um, they've also got to to find a way to... Or not find a way, but find a player to ease out Modric with. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't think Kovacic is going to be great. I don't think he's going to be good enough to, to replace either Kroos or Modric in the future. So I think he's got to be out of the picture. Ceballos, I think, can can definitely step up. But they're going to need a guy with for sure world-class potential to sort of counter what Barcelona have done. I mean, they've signed De Jong and Arthur, who I think are the two best midfielders of that, you know, um, late 90s generation. And, I mean, for Real Madrid not to come up with at least one of them is really embarrassing. And it could be costly for them in the next generation. It could be kind of like an Iniesta Xavi versus, you know, the the plethora of midfielders that Real Madrid went through during that time kind of comparison. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think the one... The one player that they can still get into this team is Tanguy Ndombele from Lyon, mm. who I think is just in that category, just below Arthur and and De Jong, but still very capable of being a world class player and being capable of living up to their their expectations. And I think they have got to do all they can all they can manage to sign him because I mean Barcelona aren't going to be signing him because yeah. they've got they got those two guys already there. So I mean Real Madrid is the biggest club remaining that can pounce on him, and I think they've got to do that. Or at least, you know, sign somebody capable of, of being a, a world-class player in the future. Because, I mean, this team is aging. And, you know, they're they're really struggling. I thought Benzema had an okay game, honestly, in, in, in this one. But, I mean, he was dropping deep. Again, like I mentioned, nobody between the lines to receive the ball and then feed it up to him. So he had to drop in between the lines himself. Um, he had a couple chances that he couldn't take. And, you know, at the end of the day, something has to change with this Real Madrid team over the next couple of years. Yeah, there um, there's gonna be a lot of revol- uh, people going out of the door too. I think Marcelo, Isco, like you mentioned, and Bale are are the three big names that are probably gonna. They look like they're gonna be going at the moment. Yeah, especially Marcelo is the weird one because he's been there for so long. He's been yeah. so good too, and mm-hmm. you know it's just kind of like he's been phased out by a youth player, mm-hmm. just like yeah. that. Like, like yeah. it wasn't, it was, it didn't even, it, I just, it, it boggles my mind how, how terrible they've gone from yeah. the best team in Europe to an utter toxic wasteland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Marcelo was sort of labeled as a luxury player by uh, the managers this year, especially Solari. Yeah. And, you know, he's been benched and started with, and Regulon started and he's more of a balanced uh, sort of fullback. But, I mean, it's just been a really poor man-management sort of season for Real Madrid. They struggled to fit all the characters into the squad that Zidane managed to fit in. And, uh, yeah, I think this team is going to go through a bit of an overhaul in the next couple of years. But, you know, I think this was always coming. I mean, these, champ- these you know, success at the top kind of teams always have a cycle. I mean, it's always rotating and changing. Um, and, you know, I think it's going to be time for another team or another few teams to sort of step up to the plate in the Champions League over the next two, three years. And then I think we'll see Real Madrid back at their best after that. Yeah, I, I agree. At one point or another, they'll, they will be back. But this is got, there's got to be a hard week on those on the egos of the, the fans, especially. Mm-hmm, yeah, uh, they, they must not be uh, 
uh, who I don't even want to think about what they're doing right now. After that yeah. game, they must have been so infuriated. Yeah, <laughs> there are people like crying in the crowd. Oh yeah, I was like, how, like, like, how, like, come on, like, if, if you cheer for Arsenal, you'd be, you, you'd be, you know. You'd be bawling your eyes out every, yeah. No, but you'd be bawling your eyes out every weekend, just like, <laughs> just, just like me. But <laughs> it's okay. I mean, but yeah, no, they, I mean, those fans got a real reality check in this. In this yeah, week, they so. did. They they're always been the the most spoiled fans ever. I mean, they 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 just, they just whistle world class players left and right. They ask to replace Ronaldo every yeah. single time. Every year yeah. they said, "Get him out." Get yeah. him dropped from the team. You sent us a tweet <laughs> saying thirty-three or or thirty percent of the of the of the fans voted that he should be dropped from the team. <laughs> yeah, and seventy percent last year said that they wanted him, you know, sold. When, which is what, so ridiculous. I mean, th- I mean, now they've seen what their vote, you know, came to yeah. be. Yeah, like so. Good job. <laughs> good job. Yeah. You're, not, you're you're Perez, but a fan essentially. Yeah. So speaking of fans crying, I mean Spurs played uh, um, on Tuesday as well. And uh... <laughs> do you need to hold? Do you need to drop the mic and say how much? No, no. better than Arsenal. No, no, I don't. I'm not gonna do that this time. I think uh, I'll just you know talk about their performance. I mean, it was a pretty, it it was a strange game this one because Spurs had had the significant lead three 0 from the first leg, and they really didn't have to do much in this game, but then. Dortmund had a fantastic start. They were positive. They they created chances, but they just couldn't take them. And I think yeah. at when that first half ended nil nil, I think you know that was it wiped clean. If if Dortmund got even just one goal in that first half, the the tie could have changed. I mean, to score two in one half isn't a huge ask. And I think the way they were playing, they should have grabbed at least one. But I mean, Spurs defended decently. Um, they got through that first half, and then Harry Kane's. Um, emphatic finish in the second half sort of sealed it for them. I mean, for this team, Tottenham Hotspur, who have been sort of on the cusp of greatness in the last few years, but never really reached it. I mean, um, they've they've always been knocked out of the domestic cups, which doesn't really matter. But in the Premier League, you know, you know, first half of every season, they look like they could be champions, and then you start thinking, well, you know, these guys are bound to take the next step at some point. Maybe this is their year. Maybe they are going to be champions this year. And then, you know, at some point in the season, you know, it's usually around like a, a one or two week span. They just collapse. This yeah. season, within one week, they got knocked out of both domestic cups, which is, you know, whatever. Um, and then they lost, you know, I mean, they, they, they lost Harry Kane for a couple of months there, but they still won every game when he was gone. And then right when he mm-hmm. comes back, they lose to Burnley, they lose to Chelsea, they draw Arsenal one point in, in three games, one point out of nine. And they're completely out of the title race now. And they're, they're even fighting for their lives in top four. So, I mean, this team struggles domestically, but last season they got a little bit unlucky having to draw Juve in, in uh, the Champions League and they, they lost marginally. But this year they came up against a Dortmund team who have been dominating Bundesliga at least for the first portion of the season. They have a lot of Bayern Munich to catch up to them, uh, quite uh, frustratingly, but uh, we'll leave that for another time. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty frustrating well, for them because we'll be uh, we don't really... 10, yeah. 10 minutes. yeah, but um, I mean... Spurs have blown by them 4 0 on aggregate is ridiculous. And um yeah. I mean can Spurs finally get the breakthrough they need? Because if they draw Porto or Ajax in the next round, they're gonna be favorites to advance to a Champions League semi final, which I think is ridiculous. 
Yeah, I definitely would pick them if they if they got a a Porto or an Ajax. Um, I, actually, even against United, I could see them being favorites too. Yeah, me as well. I won't I won't lie, but you know, I think I think this team if they get a good draw, especially, I think they can, and I think they can upset uh, a big club as well. Even I I'll, yeah. I think that Kane and Eriksson have a great partnership. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always liked Alderweireld a lot. Um, Vertonghen has always been an underrated player as well, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I think the only way they they uh, they really let people down is is through their depth. I don't mm-hmm. think their depth is uh, even close yeah. to their starting XI, and that's where it g- generally fails them, in my opinion. And yeah. um, uh, I thought Loris had a great game for against Dortmund. I mean, he really saved them in the first the first half, especially. He just kind of. He he held. He made a couple of crucial saves, and and then when just one chance, Harry Kane has a great finish from. Was it outside the just outside the box, or was it just inside the box that he made that? Oh, I'm not. I don't remember. It was somewhere around there. I think it was on, either on the line or it was just outside the box. But anyways, Berkey seemed a little bit off his line, and Kane just kind of finessed it right around him with a power finesse shot too. Especially yeah. that that ball went right into the net very yeah. loudly and just kind of sealed the fate that Dortmund um, you know they, they just that first leg killed them and we all know it yeah now getting to Dortmund mm-hmm. they, they, they they had they had the Bundesliga in their hands yeah in, in February yeah now they're on on level of points with with Bayern Munich <laughs> and I mean if, Mahith, if if they lose this league to yeah. Bayern, Which, how it, it's a failure already. But yeah. how colossal of a failure would it be for that team to lose? Um, you know what? Considering the lead that they had in the in the Bundesliga, I think it would be a huge failure to lose it. And I think um, they are not favorites anymore. And I think Bayern Munich have the quality to to win the league from here on out. But you know, I mean, if you look at it from the start of the season, I mean. Before the first day, if I said to you that Dortmund were going to finish second in the Bundesliga and, you know, challenge Bayern Munich for the title, along with being knocked out in the round of 16 of the Champions League, I mean, would you be disappointed with that? I don't know. See, I, I think getting knocked out in the Champions League round of 16, it makes sense because I don't really, I don't rate the squad as a whole very highly i think they're they're good squad overall but mm-hmm. you know i didn't know how well paco would do i don't i didn't really know their center back pairing too well which really did surprise me i think they're they're quite good actually yeah um berkey has always been a question mark I yeah mean, he's good he's not really good he's good yeah he's yeah. okay um and i and definitely their best player in the past 4 years is can he stay healthy? Can Marco Royce stay healthy? Yeah. Um, so to answer your question, if I knew that you, they had a lead like they did, and they lost the Bundesliga mm-hmm. after going out in the round of sixteen, I think I would be disappointed. Yeah. Um, I think. I I just I just don't understand what happened. Yeah. And it's... I think you're right on on the fact that Bayern's uh, a favorite. I don't mm-hmm. see them losing big games anymore. I think 
they'll win Dirk Classicer as well. It's mm-hmm. just they're, they're too good of a team overall with too too many players that have won that league so often. Yeah, that it just it 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 seems like a no brainer to pick them now. Yeah, um, I think this Dortmund team is going to be really disappointed if they don't win the the Bundesliga, seeing as you know, as I said before, they had a a, a big advantage, which is I, I think was almost as much as ten points at some point. But uh, I mean, you know, if you look at it as a whole, they're the second best team in the Bundesliga, and if they finish second, I think that's fair to them and the quality of their squad. I mean, as you said, the quality of the squad isn't, isn't that great. You know, if you look, if you look at it, you wouldn't really think that it's Bundesliga winning quality. I mean, you know, comparing it to the Bayern squad. So I think, you know, I I don't think it's a massive failure if they don't win the Bundesliga and, and get knocked out of the round of 16, like they did. But I think it would just be simply disappointing, especially, you know, when the players think about the advantage that they had. Yeah. I mean, they're just uh, they're, they had such momentum in the early 2010s, especially with winning those back-to-back Bundesligas. Yeah, the Champions League final when they played Bayern was my first game ever watching a full live football match, and now to see them consistently just be undermined and yeah. not really, you know, they've they've won a German Cup since, but you know mm-hmm. that's something, but it's not a huge huge deal um, yeah i think the, but, the turning point was really when byron poached Lewandowski away from them i think that really changed uh, everything and then yeah, they did, did the same with hummels a few years later and i think uh, that sort of <laughs> that sort of put it to bed but then dortmund had done well to sort of revive themselves this season they have especially since at one point they were like at relegation zone yeah the season that was a bad time yeah uh that was when klopp you know got sacked that was last year. yeah that was, was really poor year. yeah and um, you know, I think uh, I think they've done well since recovering. But you know, you just you can't count out Bayern now, and I think they're going to unfortunately win the Bundesliga. Even mm. though I'm glad that Alfonso and a couple of players like I like Lewandowski, a couple of those players, Suli, especially Neuer. But you know, it's just it's too much. It's mm. it's, it's too dominant. It's, yeah. it's boring. And it, it makes that league less than it should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the that league has sort of diminished over the last few years just because of how dominant Bayern have been. And uh, I really do think that, um, you know, that league really needed Dortmund to win this year. And I think they've just, they're just going to come up short, which is really disappointing. Yeah. All right, so Roma-Porto went on Wednesday. And it was a pretty exciting match. I mean, a lot of people didn't tune in until extra time because of Man U PSG going on at the same time. But that extra time was, you know, it was engaging and it was entertaining. Um, Dzeko was poor in this match, and I think it has to be said, but he has been great in the Champions League this year. I think he has five goals and four assists, which is very impressive. But, I mean, he really failed his side today, which is disappointing. I mean, Porto won with that penalty in extra time through VAR, which we're going to talk about in a second. But, I mean... Jekko had two golden chances in extra time, and he squandered them both. Yeah. I mean, it was really disappointing. Yeah, I mean, you expect a player like him to score at least one of those, mm-hmm. but uh, he really did bottle the the chances. That chip was especially disappointing for me, just because of the fact that it, it seemed like a slow roller. Yeah, and and you know, they had they had Porto trapped. Like Porto had three defenders and. 
Roma had four, and and then they make a great pass, and it's to Ed and Jekko, and you think, wow, he's going to score. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> uh, I don't know if Eker got a touch on it. I maybe maybe he did, but regardless, Pepe clears it, and then a couple minutes later, Porto gets a a penalty, and they win mm-hmm. the game off that. Yeah, and um, I think that penalty was rightfully given from VAR. And that shows the positive side of it, that you know the ref did miss that in real time. He was able to go back and look at it and make the call, which um, you know is, is, the, is the, the good thing that VAR does. I know it's, it's been criticized a lot, and we'll get to that in a second, as I said. But you know that penalty was the deciding moment in this tie. Porto won 4-3 on aggregate after this extra time. But it's Musa Marega, their striker, um, their French striker, who has scored now in six consecutive Champions League games, which is so impressive for a club of Porto stature. Um, and, you know, he's not a name that a lot of us know. Um, I really only became aware of him, if, uh, you know, earlier in the Champions League campaign. But, I mean, to score in six straight and, you know, looking at his record in, in, the, in the Portuguese league, I mean, 7-12 in the league this year, 22 goals last year. And then even in the years before, he wasn't you know, putting up great numbers. And he sort of had a journeyman career, you know, going from France to Portugal, playing in these smaller clubs, not scoring too much, not getting many opportunities. And then he had one decent half season with Maritimo. Porto picked him up, and he has been on fire for them. I mean, what do you think of this guy? I think he's a good player. I think he's a physical specimen as well. He mm-hmm. seems to be very good um, in the air, and he, he seems pretty fast as a big man. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he'll uh, he could make a move to another big club, or sorry, a, a big money move for Porto, who loves selling their strikers. Yeah, <laughs> they love selling them. Mm-hmm. Um, Abubakar, Hulk, Falcao, just to name a couple right mm-hmm. off the top of my head. Yeah, but uh, I, I, I like him. I mm-hmm. definitely think he could be a, a quality backup for any top team, actually. Yeah, and um, proving himself with this team, you know, it's it's a good it's a good feeling when you see a kind of journeyman player go from. You know he's okay to well he's pretty good you know yeah. it, it shows a testament to his character and yeah and and the work he's put in yeah I mean there are quite a few of these types of strikers out there I mean I think the biggest one in the last few years was Jamie Vardy you know he was journeying mm. throughout the English lower leagues and and then found his place at, at Leicester and became a, a top striker there and you know a lot of people thought that Musa Morega was young I mean even I before this podcast thought he was twenty four twenty five but he is twenty seven which really shows how late he has bloomed and how late he's gotten his opportunity. But he has taken it clearly with uh, with some intent. And, you know, seeing the type of player he is, like you said, I mean, he's got the qualities to be a fantastic uh, plan B for a very good club. I mean, uh, like just off the top of my head, I feel like a team like... Um, a team like Chelsea or something like that could be really great for him as a backup. I mean, um, these teams have, you know, poor depth and and um you know even honestly like if you think like spurs have no backup striker basically i mean urente is not a good player anymore really and and he's going to be done soon and they're going to need some cover for harry kane i mean if they can grab this guy for 20 20 25 million i don't think it would be a bad signing considering that kane you know isn't perfect and he's going to get injured at some point and spurs are going to need a guy to step in i mean i don't see why a club like that wouldn't want a player like him yeah, I mean, I I especially agree with the Spurs one. You know, they haven't made a signing in years, and 
he seems like the great player to uh, to put in as a backup. So yeah, I, I like that sign for Spurs. Actually, I really do. Mm-hmm. So I mean, as I said before, the defining moment in this game was VAR. The defining moment in Man U PSG was VAR. And one of the defining moments in Real Madrid versus Ajax was also through VAR. Um, it's become a common theme in this round of 16. Um, it wasn't used in the group stage, but it has been used now. I mean, it's been, you know, it's been met with mixed reviews. A lot of people love it. A lot of people, you know, don't mind it. And a lot of people dislike it. Um, I mean, are you a fan of it? Yes. I think that it, it makes mostly the correct calls i think sometimes they actually do make the wrong call var mm-hmm. but um you know i'm not i don't fully entrench myself on the rule books of football but that's another discussion for another day um but i do like it i don't i don't see a problem with stopping a game to make a crucial decision on a missed call mm-hmm. um i mean if if they don't think that it's worth reviewing the booth will kind of review it for a bit yeah. and then they'll, they'll either tell the ref to continue play, which it only takes about three or four minutes. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, that's, I don't think that's a huge, I think that is, it, it drains some team's momentum if they're really trying to push for a goal. Yeah. Other than that, I don't think it's a problem. And if they think that, that the, they missed the, a call, then they call the ref over to review it, and the ref can mm-hmm. deny it if he doesn't think it's the right move. Yeah, or he can he can call it. So mm-hmm. I don't. I have. I like VAR a lot. I think that it's only gonna it's only gonna improve from from now. You know, it it, it is the, it's real like first or second season since its incorporation. Yeah, um, and people just kind of they want things to be the same that they've it's it's always been this kind of way kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah so it'll take it won't take too long to get used to it's going to be mm-hmm. you know it's going to be fine yeah I, th- I think what a lot of people forget is that the decision still comes down to the referee this is just giving them a way of of seeing the game in 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 a way that they didn't get to in real time and you know a lot of people are saying oh we don't need this sort of technology well it's it's not the technology making the decision it is still the ref you know, this is just giving him a, a better way of making the decision. And, yeah. you know, I, I don't see a problem with it at all. I, ca- I can see it slowing down games because I think that has been an issue with it, um, especially, you know, seeing the games today. But, you know, I think that's a big enough sacrifice to to sort of get the call right, you know. And I think yeah. re- regardless of whether we have it or whether we have or whether we don't have it, there's still going to be controversy, as we saw today with Kimpembe's handball. But at the end of the day, there's going to be a lot less mistakes made with it incorporated than without it. So, you know what? I really don't have a problem with it. And like you said, I think everyone's going to get used to it. And in a few years' time, we're not even going to be thinking about it. It's just going to be a constant in the game. Yeah. And I mean, as it should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like every other sport basically has it. I mean, it's taken a long time for football to sort of get this incorporated. Just because yeah. the the, play, the only issue that they had was that the play never stops, right, in, in football. Whereas for other sports, they got time in between, in between plays or, you know, yeah. during commercial breaks to get this sort of stuff done. But, like, it, it was kind of difficult for them to incorporate it. But I think they've done it right. Um, yeah. And as you said, they're, they're tweaking some things still, and it, it's not perfect. But I think once we, we get used to it, it'll, I think it'll be fine. I, I don't really see the point in complaining about it, really. Yeah, they're... They might have to. I, I think they'll definitely have to train their video assistant referees mm-hmm. a bit more. But other than that, 
I don't have a huge problem with it. I, I like it. Yeah. All right, Nick. Well, we'll wrap it up there. Um, it was a great week in the Champions League this week. Next week is going to be just as good, hopefully. Um, I do think Leon actually has a chance against Barcelona next week, especially seeing as how well these underdogs have done this week. I yeah. think Barcelona have to be wary. I mean, Messi hasn't really produced as much as he's, he's used to in these last couple of weeks, especially in those games against Real Madrid. He came up blank. Um, man, I, I think they've got to sort of, you know, think that, you know, their, their position is under threat right now and they've got to put in a great performance to get past Lyon. Um, that Liverpool-Bayern game is going to be fantastic with that level. And, um, yeah, the other game is going to be great as well. I think... Uh... Yeah, I think you're right about the Lyon Barca. I was gonna say I think Schalke can do it, but then I I, I thought that's stupid. There's no mm-hmm. way. Yeah. There's no way they can do it. But yeah. You know what? Maybe Schalke thinks, hmm, we can make something out of this season by beating Manchester City. Yeah. Um, that would be real interesting. Could you imagine yeah. Yeah. Lyon Schalke? Um, <laughs> I guess you could say Bayern is the underdog in that league. Yeah. And well, then, I wouldn't say underdog, but I think they are the, the worst team. Out of the yeah, team. and then I think Atletico is going to be going through. Mm-hmm. Um, not, I think so as well. Not just because of the bias, just because of the fact that just too sturdy of a defense to get cracked. And I yeah. think one goal, if they score one goal, that tie is definitely over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But could you imagine United, Spurs, Ajax, Porto, <laughs> Schalke, <laughs> Atletico, <laughs> Bayern, and Lyon yeah. all go through? I guess the favorites would probably be Bayern. No, I think Atleti would be favorites there. Would you? Wow. I think I honestly think Atleti are favorites right now with with uh, Real with Madrid going out. Yeah. Really? With, Even yeah. with Barcelona. Yeah, I, I do it. think I do think I mean if they come up against each other before the final, I think Atleti might be able to win that. Mm. I mean, you know, I, I think Barcelona are struggling right now, um, and I think Atleti have. The power to do it. I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think they're going to lose to Juve. Um, a lot of people have made the comparison between the Juve Atleti tie and the, Spur, or sorry, the PSG uh, United tie because you know uh, mm. United were down two 0 but I don't think Atleti are nearly as vulnerable at the back as PSG are, and I do think they have this in the bag. Um, yeah, I, I honestly, I, I wouldn't say I'm picking Atleti to win. But I think out of the remaining teams, I think I think they would be my favorite to win. Wow! Seeing as well, you know the, the team, the team is built for the Champions League. I mean, you can't really deny that. I mean, the way yeah, they've no, they played right in in recent years, yeah. I mean, they're built for this kind of football, for this knockout style, and we saw that in the first leg against Juve. We saw that in previous years. Um, you know, I think I think it's it's time for for at either Atleti or Man City to finally yeah. get their name on the yeah. trophy. Yeah, I think I it's think... it's things time. Yeah. I think Man City is, uh, if they get past Schalke, because Schalke actually made that a very competitive game, mm-hmm. albeit because of City's stupid mistakes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think they have, if they can score early, they definitely have a shout. If they don't, then they're out. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think City, it, it's City's time now, because they have a world-class manager, unlike PSG. Yeah. They have talented players, a lo- as PSG does as well. They yeah. have great goalie in Ederson and they have a good back line, you know, who might be their weakest link, but they, mm-hmm. they, the players that they have are, you know, they're, they're adequate for the style that Pep wants to play with them. And I think, I think, uh, I, I mean, I hope Bayern and Liverpool are a, 
is the game that we all expected in the first leg. Yeah. Where it's just like bombs away, but mm-hmm. you know, we'll have to see. Yep. And we will see. Uh, well, thanks for joining me on the show again, Nick. Of course. Always a pleasure. All right, guys. Well, hope you guys enjoyed that lengthy episode. Uh, lengthy, but quality. I mean, um, mm-hmm. so much to talk about this week, but uh, I'm hoping next week will be the same. Um, we really didn't expect a lot of this stuff to happen. I mean, Ajax coming back, United coming back, and that created a lot of talking points. And I am hoping next week we got a lot to talk about. Um, I am looking at Lyon as a potential talking point. You know, I think they've got the, the power to do it. Schalke, I don't think so. But, you know, Atleti Juve, Bayern Liverpool should be great ties. Um, you know, if you guys are interested in more of uh, regarding the, the Ajax-Real Madrid tie, I did write an article on some of Ajax's tactics in that game. You can check it out on the website, freefillfootball.com. But, yeah, again, guys, check out the YouTube, check out the Twitter, and uh, thanks for listening.